The NBA draft is right around the corner. It's less than a week away, so it's time to get some bonus podcasts in as we sit here just a couple of days away from the NBA draft. On today's show, you're going to get our final top 60 big board, 1 through 30 today, 30 through 60 tomorrow. Back to your regularly scheduled programming on Monday. It's where you want to be. Locked on Thunder for all of your Thunder needs. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on this bonus podcast of the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call in the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by our live NBA draft show. We're going to dive into my final NBA draft big board. This is it. These rankings are final. Top 30, top 60. We'll get 1 through 30 today, and then 31 through 60 tomorrow. You can also go find my work on thundersintentions.com, as I am now the co-editor over there at thundersintentions.com. Again, this show is brought to you by, though, our amazing an incredible Locked On NBA Draft live show featuring the GOAT of the NBA Draft, Chad Ford, NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales with a live, live draft coverage on our Locked On NBA YouTube page. So what you do, you go to Locked On NBA on YouTube, you subscribe over there on YouTube, and brought to you by Built Bar, will bring you our live NBA draft coverage starting July 29th at 7 p.m., Eastern time, 6 p.m. local time, you'll get analysis from, again, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Chad Ford. Also, Locked on NBA Draft host, Rafael Barlow. Also, John Corrales. And also, myself and all of our other local experts covering the Oklahoma City Thunder and all our other NBA teams that we cover. I'll be on there every single pick and trade Sam Presti makes, so be sure to tune in. Locked on NBA YouTube page on July 29th, 6 p.m., East uh, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll be retweeting the links all throughout the night, so you can also catch up with it over there on Twitter as well. So on today's show, we are going to dive into my big board 3.0, my final rankings of all these players. I have 66 players ranked on my big board after we saw a wave of withdrawals on the early entry portion of the draft from the overseas uh, prospects withdrawing. A ton of them withdrew. You have... Now, my top 66. I'll get that to you right now. Starting at number one, with no surprise, Cade Cunningham. From Oklahoma State, he is the prospect. He's the person you take at number one. He, he is going to go number one. And he's a close to perfect prospect. The big knock on him, of course, the turnovers. But you know me, I'm an apologist for these college players when it comes to turning the ball over. Number two, as it has been all year long, Jalen Green. I, I am enamored with Jalen Green. He is going to be a stud in any other draft class. He should be number one overall, but Cade's just that good. Jalen Green will be special. He'll be a multi-time scoring champ in this league. He's going to be incredible. 
The only bad part is we have to watch Jalen Green play in Houston. Other than that, he's going to be phenomenal to watch. It's going to be so fun. Number three, Evan Mobley here. Had been teetering from one to two to three this entire draft process. No later than three, though, on most big boards. Mobley is scary as any big man typically is. However, I've been somebody that's as skeptical as anybody about drafting a big man high. I, I, I'm kind of out on that idea. But I do have a higher grade on him than I had on, say, Marvin Bagley back in his pre-draft. So I think that there's a there's a difference in Mobley comparatively to traditional bigs. Again, higher grade than Bagley, higher grade than Aiton. I had a higher grade on, on Mobley than those two guys and other bigs that we've seen, of course, throughout the last couple of years. I feel comfortable having Mobley at three. Now, number four on my big board is Jalen Suggs. I think that Jalen Suggs still has that star potential, still has that ability to kind of be a face of a franchise. Of course, he's moved down some boards recently because of the emergence of uh, Jalen Green and Evan Mobile getting up there, and we already knew about Kate Cunningham. Uh, but four in this draft class is nothing to sneeze at. This is a great draft class. There's a ton of interesting names at the top. It's very, very heavy. Now, my first change is at five. I have James Booknight. I'm all in. Propaganda, all in. I'm a Booknight believer. I'm on the, the Booknight bandwagon. I've been leading the charge of us Booknight believers. Give me the UConn guard at five. At this point in the draft, you've now seen Cunningham at one, Green at two, Mobley at three, Suggs at four. The player who can become a star is either Booknight or Kaminga. I don't believe that Scotty Barnes, with his limitations, can become a star. So the question between Book Knight and Kaminga is, what's the most realistic pathway to becoming a star? Who has the most realistic opportunity to reach that ceiling? To me, it's more realistic to believe that James Book Knight can become that star. Take that big swing at Book Knight. Because you're balancing here swings, which Kaminga will be the biggest swing, no matter where you take him. You take him at one, you take him at 20, the biggest swing. Because Kaminga is such um, a player that that is either going to be great or it's going to be terrible. I don't really see him being a middling player. I think that he's going to pick one of those two lanes. So he's going to be the biggest swing. But you've got to balance the biggest swing with the biggest projected return on investment. And I would I would project that there is that middle ground for Bug Knight where he's going to at least be a six-man of the year. And that's his floor. His ceiling is number two option for a championship team and a co-star for SGA. And you have now, even after the bad lottery luck, even after this season, you've solidified your pairing. You've solidified your one-two punch. With another season coming up, we're going to lose a lot of games and hopefully get better lottery luck and then hopefully pick high in another top-loaded NBA draft next year. I have Booknet at five, Kaminga at six. Again, Kaminga has that star potential and if any organization is going to pull that out of him, I trust the Thunder in that top 1%. The Thunder, the Raptors, teams like that, I trust them if they take Kaminga to be the team that turns him into that Kawhi Leonard potential. He's been talked about as having that Kawhi potential every step of the way. Reggie Hearn said it, the Julia Knight, tons of people have said it. He has that potential. Can he reach it though? Can he get there is the big question. And that potential has him at six. I like Kaminga. I think that we've done too much negatively for Kaminga. I think that we've moved him down too much in the sense of I'm not putting Scotty Barnes over him, a guy who can't shoot, a guy who struggled offensively outside of the transition game in college. And he's a big guy that can't do a whole lot except for playmaking. And then specifically for the Thunder, 
if his best trait is playmaking and defense, and he has to be on ball to create for others, and you have a guy in SGA who is the face of your franchise, wants to lead your team, and has publicly stated and has been consistent in saying he wants to be a point guard in this league, what are we doing here? If the Thunder takes Scotty Barnes, they have more intel than me, they have more knowledge than I do, they have better scouting eyes than I do, you fall in line with the Thunder. But for me personally, I am lower on Scotty Barnes than most people. And still, I have him at seven. I think it's not like it's a dramatic fall. It's just a fall from a possible top four pick uh, to pick number seven or, or, you know, slot number seven in this big board. Again, this is not a mock draft. It's a big board. It's who I like the most and where I rank players individually and independent of all the other stuff. Number eight, Moses Moody. I think that Moses Moody is the safest bet outside of that top seven to become at least a high-impact player. I struggle to see a way that he does not impact the franchise. And the thing here in this draft, again, is how deep it is. So there's going to be impact players littered throughout this big board. Like, at every point in this big board, there's going to be an impact player. Uh, But I feel very comfortable with Moses Moody being at least that. Whereas at number nine, Thamperty Singoon, I think that he's going to be awesome. If I was the Thunder, I'd trade up to get him. If you have to, I would target him. I would go get him anywhere but six. You know, trading up and trying to get back in his range would be fine for me. I I love his game. But it's also very scary. It's also very, very scary. Rounding out the top 10. Again, Cunningham, Green, Mobley, Suggs, Booknight, Kaminga, Barnes, Moody, Chingun. Number 10, I have Cam Thomas. I think that Cameron Thomas of LSU is a bona fide bucket getter that is going to impact NBA offenses for a long time. What knocks Thomas is when you look at Booknight and call him an ISO scorer and call him a ball stopper, Cam Thomas is a ball stopper times two. Like, like he, is, he is a ball stopper uh, player. And so that kind of pushes him down most boards. But I still have him in the top 10. I still think that, that can kind of get worked out of him as he plays in a better system with better players around him and, and better everything in the NBA, better, better everything in the NBA. So that's my top 10. We'll have the next tier of guys coming up. But first, I want to say right now, but our good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. Baseball's in full swing. You can bet on that at betonline.ag. You can also bet on future NBA bets like where guys will get drafted, what positioning will they get drafted in, where Kawhi will play next year. You know, of course, be on the roster next year. You're not going to be able to play that much next year. Where Ben Simmons gets dealt, if he does get dealt. You can bet on all that fun stuff at betonline.ag. Also, you can bet on every Olympic event, including the NBA event, not NBA, but you know what I mean, the, the Olympic basketball event with team in, with Team USA, which is basically Team NBA. Nonetheless, you can bet on all that stuff over at betonline.ag. Go to their website or even use our code locked on. When you use our code locked on at their website, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus when you first deposit. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. We just rattled off our top 10 on this big board. Let's get to 11. And at 11, I have Franz Wagner. I think that Wagner's a fun player, a very good player, and this is the range where there's not that much separism. Like, like there's not that big of a drop-off. These names are all very interchangeable, 9 through really about 17, or really about 16, in this range, you can you can give or take any slot. Uh, but Franz Wagner at 11 for me, I like his game a lot. I think that he's a very safe bet. I don't know how much of an upside swing it is. Now, on the crowd cherry, at 12, I think that Josh Giddy is a very high upside swing. I think that his shooting can get a lot better in the NBA, more than I thought even a month ago, whenever I was doing his draft profile. 
Watching more film, talking to him on Friday was a big step forward for that as well. I think that Josh Giddy can really be a fun and special player, and he can be that guy who goes pick 10, pick 11, pick 12, pick 13, 14, somewhere in that range, and become an an NBA All-Star. And we look back and say, how in the world did Josh Giddy fall that far? I think that he can be that kind of player. I also think he can be a very limited player if he does not progress as a shooter. So like it can go both ways for Josh Giddy. That's why he kind of levels out at number 12. 13 for me, you know me. I've been higher on Keon Johnson than most people. I have Keon Johnson at 13. I think that with his athletic ability, his ability to leap out of the gym, play good defense, you know, play borderline elite defense, also finish at the rim, and also be a good mid-range shooter. I think that all those things combined with the fact he played at Tennessee with a bad coach and no point guard on the roster at all to facilitate and, and get him the ball and put him in good spots and a terrible offensive system because of that terrible coach, I think that all those things come together and you get a messy, raw player and a player who, no matter where he played, he could play for the Globetrotters or play for Tennessee, he would look very raw because he is a very raw player. He did start playing late. He did all those things that kind of hindered his advancements to this point in his career to where there is so much upside there and he already does a lot well that you might as well take him in the lottery and see what happens. I I really like Keon Johnson and really like him progressing to at least a contributor and at most another eye-popping, wow, how'd he fall so far type of player. Does he have an all-star potential? Maybe. We'll see about all-star. As you saw at Shea this year, it's incredibly hard to get into the all-star game. It's harder than most people think it is to get into the all-star game. Uh, But Keon Johnson can be a very good player. 14, I battled with this one. I could have gone this player at 13 or 14. I battled these two guys. His Tennessee counterpart, Jaden Springer, continue everything I said about Keon Johnson with Tennessee. Put that onto Jaden Springer and also put on there that he had an ankle injury, which very much limited him. And since he's gotten to show off his that skill set and, and work out for teams while being healthy without that ankle injury, he is shooting straight up draft boards. I called him the guard version of Nick Collison at 14. If you're going to get a guy who's going to set the tone of your culture for many, many years, do all the dirty work and all the gritty work while also being a very highly productive guard, you got to take him. Like you've got to take him in this range right here. But 15 is another player who I love in Kai Jones. Kai Jones is a very athletic center who I think can have the best modern ability outside of Evan Mobley. Like if I was projecting bigs, who could become that next evolution of big that we want and that next evolution of big that the NBA looks for? I'm going Mobley. I'm going Kai Jones. I'm going Shingun extending his range some. I'm going all those three bigs right there more than anybody else. And so when you have that ability to play on the perimeter at his size, that's going to be very tantalizing. Also, if he never extends his range, he's the third best big by far and away, but he's so athletic and does so many things on the floor that you have to take the swing on Kai Jones more so than 16 in Corey Kispert. I think that Corey Kispert's a better basketball player tomorrow. You know, I think that this season he's a better basketball player, but he's at 16 behind Kai Jones because long-term, I think Kai Jones has way more of a ceiling and not that much lower of a floor than Corey Kispert. Corey Kispert has a good floor because he's a, because of his shooting ability. Shooting will always stick around in the NBA. It will always, always, always be needed. And every team will need shooting in the NBA. Kai Jones' floor is into the bench kind of guy who doesn't make a very high impact because if he can't shoot and his athleticism does kind of look more on par in the NBA in the sense that he's not just more athletically than everybody else on the floor, uh, then you can see him regress a ton. Uh, but with Kai Jones, I think that his ceiling is much higher. 
than Kispert. I think that Kispert's ceiling is a sixth man, seventh man, Joe Ingles type on a good team where it's going to get in spot starts here and there. In certain matchups, you start him. In most matchups, he'll be a good secondary uh, piece for you on your secondary unit. That's why that's why he's 15. I mean, she just say 16 and Kai Jones is 15. 17, Jared Butler. I just did his draft profile. I'll go back and listen to that. I like Jared Butler a ton. 18, Isaiah Todd. Isaiah Todd is probably my favorite draft prospect. One of my favorites, of course. Jalen Green's my number one favorite. But Isaiah Todd's right there as well. I just can't justify more than 18 for him, but that still is a significant jump from our last big board and also most big boards out there right now. He's a solidified first-round talent. I'm not sure how people are overthinking about Isaiah Todd. He's going to be very special, and I really enjoy his game a ton. Go back and listen to that draft profile as well. That happened last week. And you can also find an article about Isaiah Todd on thundersintentions.com. Number 19, Davion Mitchell. Do not like his game at all. Undersized guard who cannot really do much of anything on the floor, especially at the NBA level if you project out how much better these players are going to get he's going up against. His shooting to me is very flawed. He sure took a big leap three-point percentage-wise, but it was not kept up with his free throw percentage. So this, so the free throw percentage stays terrible, which is usually an indication for if a guy can shoot or not. And if that stayed terrible, but his three points percentage leaped up the way it did, it tells me that's kind of lightning in a bottle and not really sustainable. Now, maybe it is, maybe I'm wrong, but here's a small guy who can only defend as his only NBA attribute right now, struggles to finish the rim, struggles to play, make a ton. Uh, and, and I don't believe in the shooting leap from him. I'm not taking that guy fairly high. So at 19 is kind of where I slot him in at. Number 20, Jalen Johnson. I like his game more than most. I just don't like it enough to move him into the uh, upper echelon of the top 20. 21, Zaire Williams. Much like Jalen Johnson, I like his game a lot. He, he did not have the college season he wanted to. He was awful at Stanford, but it's almost impossible that we've all missed on this guy, that we all thought he was going to be really good in college and in high school, and he's just not talented whatsoever. I think that Zaire Williams is going to be a very talented player. 21 for him seems right. 22, I have Sharif Cooper, a playmaking guard that I don't know can do much else, which is what knocks him down on my big board at the 22. 23, Chris Duarte, high impactful player for a contending team. The problem is he's 24 years old. So like he can only fit long term with teams who want to to contend now. Like the Grizzlies are like the youngest team I think that should take them. I think that the Grizzlies are the youngest team that should take them. Anyone else that's very young should be taking upside, 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 and not Chris Duarte. Leaving Duarte for competitive contending teams, uh, but teams who also don't want the upside, don't want the chance of becoming much more than a three and somewhat the player that Chris Duarte is. 24, Trey Mann. Like Trey Mann, not much to say about him. He's kind of a, we'll wait and see what happens with him, but he does have a ton of talent because of his shooting ability. 25, Bones Highland. Highland has an amazing offensive game, and he can go get buckets for you in a fun project that can be a mix of a guy you play right away in the NBA, but also you hold off for long-term to where if a team like Philadelphia or Phoenix or Utah or uh, any team like that that's contending right away takes him, you could see him play some fun, flashy minutes right away this year and then in five years from now, whenever they're looking for their new core, be kind of a guy that splashes onto the scene, does Bones Highland. 26, Trey Murphy, that elite trait of shooting will always be coveted. 27, Josh Primo. And then 28, JT Thor rounds out my top 28. JT Thor at his size, with that mobility, with that potential to space the floor and stretch the floor and shoot from beyond the arc at his size. And with his mobility and fluidity, he should be able to switch most positions. Now, maybe not ones in the NBA, but threes through five, maybe even two through five in the NBA. Switching that way and not getting exposed 
is a big deal. And once again, in this kind of Brooklyn range, why not take a shot at JT Thor? Because if he doesn't pan out, you have enough star power to make up for it. If he does pan out, though, it's a very cheap, controllable big man in a position that you need and also could eventually turn into a you know, kind of impact player, not a star, but like, you know, a, a, a team role-playing star, if that makes sense, where he's a star in his own role. He's not going to be a star in the grand scheme of the NBA. Uh, so that's my top 28. We're going to get to 29 and 30 in this big board all coming up. And also, of course, tomorrow on Sunday, we'll get through 31 through 63. And then Monday, we're back to normally and regularly scheduled programming. I do want to say right now, though, about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to Bilbo.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off of your next order. Make sure you're doing that. They have coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. They have something for everyone. My favorite flavor is peanut butter brownie. Make sure you go order that. If you don't want to trust me, though, and take my advice, which you should, you can order a mixed box. The mixed box gives you two of every single flavor. You try them all out, and then you reorder the one you love the most. So you can reorder any of the flavors that you love the most, including my personal favorite, peanut butter brownie, all while using our code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your next order. Most flavors have 17 grams protein, 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. You can try them out today by going to Bilbo.com, using promo code LOCK15, getting 15% off of your next order. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S., track and field team. How cool is that? Go check them out. Bubba.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Make sure you check out me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Make sure you check out thunderousintentions.com as well. And here's our big board. One through 28. Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, James Booknight, Jonathan Kaminga, Scotty Barnes, Moses Moody, Anthony Shingun, Cam Thomas, Franz Wagner, Josh Giddy, Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, Kai Jones, Corey Kispert, Jared Butler, Isaiah Todd, Davion Mitchell, Jalen Johnson, Zaire Williams, Sharif Cooper, Chris Duarte, Trey Mann, Bones Highland, Trey Murphy III, Josh Primo, JT Thor, and number 29, is Josh Christopher, a player who has significantly uh, leaped up boards recently, but again, has that trait of shooting and that 3 and D quality that these teams in this range are going to go for. I think that he does have more upside uh, than most players do in this range, so that's why, for me, he slots in at 29. At 30, I have a very controversial player for me. Uh, This is a very controversial slotting for me. Again, you have to remember, as, as I do a quick little... Uh, refresh. This is a very deep draft class. It's a very good draft class. I will tell you when my first round grades stop and they do not stop at 30, folks. They don't stop at 31. They don't stop at 32. They don't stop at 33. They don't stop at 35 or 36. They stop at 37. Uh, But that's my first round grades on those players. So there's a ton of first round grades and you have to slot somebody somewhere. And some guys are going to be lower on my board than they are on yours or other uh, boards as well. But that's just a, a tribute to me to how special this draft class is. At 30, I have Yusman Garuba, a defensive ace that 
I'm not sure does much else for you. Now, he's going to play great defense. And a guy like Tom Thibodeau is going to love him if they draft him in New York. Uh, but I'm just not in love with any other trait of his than his defense. And I'm not sure if he'll progress much more. I think he can play a role, right? I think that he's a very smart basketball player. Very high feel for the game. Very much an advanced player. He understands how to play his role. He understands his assignment and understands where he needs to be to accomplish that assignment, especially in the offensive end. But spoon-feeding Garuba is kind of the highest mark of a ceiling that I think that he's going to have. And so I'm not sure if that's the player that you want for the Thunder necessarily. I see him mocked a lot of times in the 16-18 range. That's what kind of knocks him down to me. Now, again, 30 is still good. Uh, it's still a first-round grade. But what knocks him down for me is the fact that I'm, I'm not sure – how much you're going to get from him offensively and how limited his ceiling is because of that. But as a defensive ace and a great big man defender, he's going to be a good impact second unit big at the worst. Anything more than that is really good value in this range of 30 through whatever. It's also great value almost anywhere in the first round. To, to, if I can lock somebody into being at worst a high impact backup big, that's pretty good considering how much the rest of the, you know, considering how much of a crapshoot the draft is and how much it ebbs and flows every year and how unpredictable it is. That is my top 30. Again, another special bonus pot on Sunday. Going through 31 through 63 on Monday. We're going to recap day one of our media interviews with these top draft prospects. And then also, we'll have another NBA draft profile and projection as we get set for this week's NBA draft. It is this week. Make sure you go check out the Locked on NBA live show on Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Time. Also, make sure you go check out the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and Locked On because it features the GOAT, Chad Ford, also Brian Scalabrini, and former GM Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On local experts act as their GM, and they get through the entire draft featuring trades, and we did make a trade for the Thunder on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Make sure you go search right now. Search in your podcast feed or provider right now. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 and click play on day one and listen to all five episodes. Get caught up on all five of them and see how I did as acting GM in place of Sam Presti. Spoiler alert, you're not going to want to fire Presti for me, but I did do a good job on the Ultimate Mock Draft. Go check it out over there, wherever you get podcasts from, including Odyssey, your new home for podcasts, sports, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. So until tomorrow, until Sunday, until Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to be daily, every single day. We'll talk to you again. Until then, be good and be good to one another.